Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by the Course in Miracles Society. <clears throat> you can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to the excellent daily email, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 16. Sorry, got something in my eye. Chapter 16, The Forgiveness of Illusion, with Section 5, Illusion and Reality of Love. <clears throat> And at the top of the hour, we'll pause to remember our lesson for the day, lesson 181, I trust my brothers who are one with me. Okay, and uh, Lori, do you have a poetic opening for us this morning? I do, Lemoyne. Just to bring our discussion to that realm of inclusive nature of love and its simplicity. I love this poem from Mary Oliver called Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair yours and I will tell you about mine meanwhile the world goes on meanwhile the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes over the prairies and the deep trees the mountains and the rivers meanwhile the wild geese high on the clean blue air are heading home again whoever you are no matter how lonely the world offers itself to your imagination calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. I trust. Amen. Oh, thank you. Love that. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Laurie. That was beautiful. Thank you, Laurie. And uh, I will go through the reading list uh, with us this morning in reading. I have I have uh, Fran, Laurie, Karen, Jessica, Lana. And Judy, with us and listening, I have 
the Harrison. Is there anyone else who's joined us this morning who would like to say good morning or join the reading list? And I see the answer is no. Okay. Um, I will go ahead and get us started then with Chapter 16. The Forgiveness of Illusions, Section 5, Illusion and Reality of Love. <clears throat> Be not afraid to look upon the special hate relationship, for freedom lies in looking at it. It would be impossible not to know the meaning of love except for this. For the, the special love relationship in which the meaning of love is lost is undertaken solely to offset the hate, but not to let it go. Your salvation will rise clearly before your open eyes as you look on this. You cannot limit hate. The special love relationship will not offset it, but will merely drive it underground and out of sight. It is essential to bring it into sight and to make no attempt to hide it, for it is the attempt to balance hate with love that makes love meaningless to you. The extent of the split that lies in this, you do not realize, and until you do, the split will remain unrecognized and therefore unhealed. Chapter 16, The Forgiveness of Illusions, Section 5, Illusion and Reality of Love, Paragraph 30. Be not afraid to look upon the special hate relationship, for freedom lies in looking at it. It would be impossible not to know the meaning of love except for this. For the special love relationship in which the meaning of love is lost is undertaken solely to offset the hate, but not to let it go. Your salvation will rise clearly before your open eyes as you look on this. You cannot limit hate. The special love relationship will not offset it, but will merely drive it underground and out of sight. It is essential to bring it into sight and to make no attempt to hide it. For it is the attempt to balance hate with love that makes love meaningless to you. The extent of the split that lies in this you do not realize. And until you do, the split will remain unrecognized and therefore unhealed. Paragraph 31. The symbols of hate against the symbols of love play out a conflict which does not exist. For symbols stand for something else. And the symbol of love is without meaning if love is everything. You will go through this last undoing quite unharmed and will at last emerge as yourself. This is the last step in the readiness for God. Be not unwilling now. You are too near and you will cross the bridge in perfect safety, translated quietly from war to peace. For the illusion of love will never satisfy, but its reality, which awaits you on the other side, will give you everything. 
Oh, thank you, Bren. And Lori? 31. The symbols of hate against the symbols of love play out a conflict which does not exist. For symbols stand for something else. And the symbol of love is without meaning if love is everything. You will go through this last undoing quite unharmed and will at last emerge as yourself. This is the last step in the readiness for God. Be not unwilling now. You are too near and you will cross the bridge in perfect safety. Translated quietly from war to peace. For the illusion of love will never satisfy. But its reality, which awaits you on the other side, will give you everything. 32. The special love relationship is an attempt to limit the destructive effects of hate by finding a haven in the storm of guilt. It makes no attempt to rise above the storm into the sunlight. On the contrary, it emphasizes guilt outside the haven by attempting to build barricades against it and keep within them. The special love relationship is not perceived as a value in itself, but as a place of safety from which hatred is split off and kept apart. The special love partner is acceptable only as long as he serves this purpose. Hatred can enter, and indeed is welcome in some aspects of the relationship, but it is still held together by the illusion of love. If the illusion goes, the relationship is broken or becomes unsatisfying on the grounds of disillusionment. Thank you, Lori. And Karen. 32. The special love relationship is an attempt to limit the destructive effects of hate by finding a haven in the storm of guilt. It makes no attempt to rise above the storm into the sunlight. On the contrary, it emphasizes guilt outside the haven by attempting to build barricades against it and keep within them. The special love relationship is not perceived as a value in itself, but as a place of safety from which hatred is split off and kept apart. The special love partner is acceptable only as long as he serves this purpose. Hatred can enter and indeed is welcome in some aspects of the relationship but it is still held together by the illusion of love. If the illusion goes, the relationship is broken or becomes unsatisfying on the ground of disillusionment. 33. Love is not an illusion. It is a fact. Where disillusionment is possible, there was not love but hate. For hate, is an illusion and what can change was never love it is certain that those who select certain ones as partners in any aspect of living and use them for any purpose which they would not share with others 
are trying to live with guilt rather than die of it. This is the choice they see, and love to them is only an escape from death. They seek it desperately, but not in the peace in which it would gladly come quietly to them. And when they find the fear of death is still upon them, the love relationship loses the illusion, for that is what it is not. For then the barricades against it are broken, fear rushes in, and hatred triumphs. Thank you, Karen. And Jessica? 33. Love is not an illusion. It is a fact. Where disillusionment is possible, there was not love, but hate. For hate is an illusion. And what can change was never love. It is certain that those who select certain ones as partners in any aspect of living and use them for any purpose which they would not share with others are trying to live with guilt rather than die of it. This is the choice they see and love to them is only an escape from death. They seek it desperately but not in the peace in which it would gladly come quietly to them. And when they find the fear of death is still upon them, the love relationship loses the illusion that it is what it is not. For then the barricades against it are broken. Fear rushes in and hatred triumphs. 34. There are no triumphs of love. Only hate is concerned with the, quote, triumph of love at all. The illusion of love can triumph over the illusion of hate, but always at the price of making both illusions. As long as the illusion of hatred lasts, so long will love be an illusion to you. And then the only choice which remains possible is which illusion you prefer. There is no conflict in the choice between truth and illusion. Seen in these terms, no one would hesitate. But conflict enters the instant the choice seems to be one between, between illusions, where this choice does not matter. Where one choice is as dangerous as the other, the decision must be one of despair. Thank you, Jessica and Lana. Okay, 34. There are no triumphs of love. Only hate is concerned with the, in quotes, triumph of love at all. The illusion of love can triumph over the illusion of hate, but always at the price of making both illusions. As long as the illusion of hatred lasts, so long will love be an illusion to you. And then the only choice which remains possible is which illusion you prefer. 
There is no conflict in the choice between truth and illusion. Seen in these terms, no one would hesitate. But conflict, conflict enters the instant the choice seems to be one between illusions. For this choice does not matter. Where one choice is as dangerous as the other, the decision must be one of despair. 35. Your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself which you have built against it. It is not necessary to seek for what is true, but it is necessary to seek for what is false. Every illusion is one of fear, whatever form it takes, and the attempt to escape from one illusion into another must fail. If you seek love outside yourself, you can be certain that you perceive hatred within and are afraid of it. Yet peace will never come from the illusion of love, but only from its reality. Well, thank you, Lena and Judy. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lemoyne. Your task, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all of the barriers within yourself which you have built against it. It is not necessary to seek for what is true, but it, excuse me, but it is necessary to seek for what is false. Every illusion is one of fear, whatever form it takes. And the attempt to escape from one illusion into another must fail. If you seek love outside yourself, you can be certain that you perceive hatred within and are afraid of it. Yet peace will never come from the illusion of love, but only from its reality. Recognize this, for it is true, and truth must be recognized if it is to be distinguished from illusion. The special love relationship is an attempt to bring love into separation, and as such, it is nothing more than an attempt to bring love into fear and make it real in fear. In fundamental violation of love's condition, the special love relationship would accomplish the impossible. How but in illusion could this be done? It is essential that we look very closely at exactly what it is you think you can do to solve the dilemma, which seems very real to you, but which does not exist. You have come very close to the truth, 
and only this stands between you and the bridge that leads you into it. Well, thank you, Judy. And is there a new reader for 36 and 37? New reader for 36 and 37? This is Sandra. I can read. Sorry. Okay. Uh, take your time. 36 and 7. Recognize this, for it is true, and trust must be recognized if it is to be distinguished from illusion. The special love relationship is an attempt to bring love into separation. And as such, it is nothing more than an attempt to bring love into fear and make it real in fear. In fundamental violation of love's condition, the special love relationship would accomplish the impossible. How but in illusion could this be done? It is essential that we look very closely at exactly what it is you think you can do to solve the dilemma which seems very real to you, but which does not exist. You have come very close to truth and only this stands between you and the bridge that leads you into it. 37. Heaven waits silently and your creations are holding out their hands to help you across and welcome them. Heaven waits silently, and your creations are holding out their hands to help you cross and welcome them, for it is they you seek. You seek but for your own completion, and it is they who render you complete. The special love relationship is but a shabby substitute for what makes you whole in truth, not in illusion. Your relationship with them is without guilt, and this enables you to look on all your brothers with gratitude because your creations were created in union with them. Acceptance of your creations is the acceptance of the oneness of creation without which you could never be complete. No specialness can offer you what God has given and what you are joined with him in giving. Thank you, Sandra. Uh, Okay. Um, That's back to you, friend. 37. Heaven waits silently, and your creations are holding out their hands to help you cross and welcome them, for it is they you seek. You seek but for your own completion, and it is they who render you complete. The special love relationship is but a shabby substitute for what makes you whole in truth, not an illusion. Your relationship with them is without guilt, and this enables you to look on all your brothers 
with gratitude because your creations were created in union with them. Acceptance of your creations is the acceptance of the oneness of creation without which you could never be complete. No specialness can offer you what God has given and what you are joined with him in giving. 38. Across the bridge is your completion, for you will be holy in God, willing for nothing special, but only to be holy like unto him. Completing him by your completion. Fear not to cross to the abode of peace and perfect holiness. Only there is the completion of God and of his Son established forever. Seek not for this in the bleak world of illusion, where nothing is certain and where everything fails to satisfy. In the name of God, be wholly willing to abandon all illusions. In any relationship in which you are wholly willing to accept completion and only this, there is God completed and his son with him. Are you on mute, LeMoyne? Oops. <laughs> I was starting to think you were on mute. <laughs> well, thank you, Fran. Okay, here we go. And Lori. <laughs> okay. Across the bridge is your completion, for you will be holy in God, willing for nothing special but only to be holy like unto him, completing him by your completion. Fear not to cross to the abode of peace and perfect holiness. Only there is the completion of God and his Son established forever. See, not for this in the bleak world of illusion where nothing is certain and where everything fails to satisfy. In the name of God, be wholly willing to abandon all illusions. In any relationship in which you are wholly willing to accept completion and only this, there is God completed and his son with him. 39. The bridge, the bridge that leads to union in yourself must lead to knowledge for it was built with God beside you and will lead you straight to him where your completion rests wholly compatible with his. Every illusion which you accept into your mind by judging it to be attainable removes your own sense of completion and thus denies the wholeness of your father. Every fantasy, be it of love or hate, deprives you of knowledge, for fantasies are the veil behind which truth is hidden. To lift the veil which seems so dark and heavy is needful, it is only needful to value truth beyond all fantasy and to be entirely unwilling to settle for illusion in place of truth. Thank you, Lori. And Karen. 39. The bridge that leads to union in yourself must lead to knowledge, for it was built with God beside you and will lead you 
straight to him, where your completion rests wholly compatible with his. Every illusion which you accept into your mind by judging it to be attainable removes your own sense of completion and thus denies the wholeness of your Father. Every fantasy, be it of love or hate, deprives you of knowledge. Your fantasies are the veil behind which truth is hidden. To lift the veil, which seems so dark and heavy, it is only needful to value truth beyond all fantasies and to be entirely unwilling to settle for illusion in place of truth. 40. Would you not go through fear to love? For such the journey seems to be. Love calls, but hate would have you stay. Hear not the call of hate and see no fantasies. For your completion lies in truth and nowhere else. Be in the call of hate and in every fantasy that rises to delay you, but the call for help, which rises ceaselessly from you to your creator. Would he not answer you whose completion is his? He loves you wholly without illusion, as you must love, for love is wholly without illusion and therefore wholly without fear. Whom God remembers must be whole, and God has never forgotten what makes him whole. In your completion lies the memory of his wholeness and his gratitude to you for his completion. In his link with you lie both his inability to forget and your ability to remember. In him are joined your willingness to love and all the love of God who forgot you not. Thank you, Karen and Jessica. Okay. 40. Would you not go through fear to love? For such the journey seems to be. Love calls, but hate would have you stay. Hear not the call of hate, and see no fantasies. For your completion lies in truth and nowhere else. See in the call of hate and in every fantasy that rises to delay you, but the call for help which rises ceaselessly from you to your creator. Would he not answer you whose completion is his? He loves you wholly without illusion, as you must love. For love is wholly without illusion, and therefore wholly without fear. Whom God remembers must be whole, and God has never forgotten what makes him whole. In your completion lies the memory of his wholeness 
and his gratitude to you for his completion. In his link with you lie both his inability to forget and your ability to remember. In him are joined your willingness to love and all the love of God who forgot you not. 41. Your father can no more forget the truth in you than you can fail to remember it. The Holy Spirit is the bridge to him, made from your willingness to unite with him and created by his joy in union with you. The journey that seemed to be endless is almost complete, for what is endless is very near. You have almost recognized it. Turn with me firmly away from all illusions now and let nothing stand in the way of truth. We will take the last foolish journey away from truth together and then together we go straight to God in joyous answer to his call for his completion. Thank you, Jessica and Lana. 41. Your father can no more forget the truth in you than you can fail to remember it. The Holy Spirit is the bridge to him, made from your willingness to unite with him and created by his joy in union with you. The journey that seemed to be endless is almost complete, for what is endless is very near. You have almost recognized it. Turn with me firmly away from all illusions now, and let nothing stand in the way of truth. We will take the last foolish journey away from truth together. And then together, we go straight to God in joyous answer to his call for his completion. 42. If special relationships of any kind would hinder God's completion, can then can then have value to you? Let me read that again. <laughs> if special relationships of any kind would hinder God's completion, can they have value to you? What would interfere with God must interfere with you. Only in time does interference in God's completion seem to be possible. The bridge that he would carry you across lifts you from time into eternity. Waken from time and answer fearlessly the call of him who gave eternity to you in your creation. On this side of the bridge to timelessness, you understand nothing. But as you step lightly across it, upheld by timelessness, you are directed straight to the heart of God. At its center, and only there, you are safe 
forever because you are complete forever. There is no veil. The love of God in us together cannot lift. The way to truth is open. Follow it with me. Amen. Thank you, Lana and Judy. Lovely. Thank you, Lemoyne. If special relationships of any kind would hinder God's completion, can they have value to you? Would What would interfere with God must interfere with you. Only in time does interference in God's completion seem to be possible. The bridge that he would carry you across lifts you from time into eternity. Waken from time and answer fearlessly the call of him who gave eternity to you in your creation. On this side of the bridge to timelessness, You understand nothing. But as you step lightly across it, upheld by timelessness, you are directed straight to the heart of God. At its center, and only there, you are safe forever because you are complete forever. There is no veil love of God in us together cannot lift. The way to truth is open. Follow it with me. Amen. Uh, thank you, Judy. And uh, you're called to make this offer. Sandra, would you like to read 42? Sure. 42. If special relationships of any kind would hinder God's completion, can they have value to you? What would interfere with God must interfere with you. Only in time does interference in God's completion seem to be possible. The bridge that he would carry you across lifts you from time into eternity. Waken from time and answer fearlessly the call of him who gave eternity to you in your creation. On this side of the bridge, the timelessness, you understand nothing. But as you step lightly across it, upheld by timelessness, you are directed straight to the heart of God. At its center and only there, you are safe forever because you are complete forever. There is no veil the love of God in us together cannot lift. The way to truth is open. Follow it with me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. Um, Yeah, well, it's at the top of the hour. But I (coughs) do want to offer... <clears throat> offer one thing in in summary, which is the paragraph before this section. I 
want to repeat it now. It says, your bridge is builded stronger than you think, and your foot is planted firmly on it. Have no fear that the attraction of those who stand on the other side and wait for you will not draw you safely across. For you will come where you would be and where your self awaits you. The way the truth is open. Thanks, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. All right, well, we are a little bit past the top of the hour, so Fran, I turn to you and ask, would you lead us in our lesson for the day? I trust my brothers who are one with me. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are finished Review 5, and we're on a new section, Lessons 181 to 200. And the lesson for today is Lesson 181, I Trust My Brother to a One With. So I shall read just a couple paragraphs from the introduction and then move over to the lesson, and then we'll do our five-minute practice. Okay. Introduction to Lessons 181 to 200. Our next few lessons make a special point of firming up your willingness to make your weak commitment strong. You are asked to practice now in order to attain a sense of peace such unified commitment will bestow. It is experiencing this which makes it sure that you will give your total willingness to following the way the course sets forth. Our lessons now are geared specifically to widening horizons and direct approaches to the special blocks which keep your vision narrow and too limited to let you see the value of our goal. And so we start our journey beyond words by concentrating first on what impedes our progress. So we now attempt to go past all defenses for a little while each day. No more than this is asked, because no more than this is needed. It will be enough to guarantee the rest will come. I will go over to the lesson, lesson 181. I trust my brothers who are one with me. Trusting your brothers is essential to establishing and holding up your faith in your ability to transcend doubt and lack of sure conviction in yourself. When you attack a brother, you proclaim that he is limited by what you have perceived in him. You do not look beyond his arrows. Rather, they are magnified, becoming blocks to your awareness of the self that lies beyond your own mistakes and past his seeming sins as well as yours. Remove your focus on your brother's sins, and you experience the peace that comes from faith and sinlessness. Therefore, in practicing today, we first let all such little focuses give way to our great need to let our sinlessness become apparent. We instruct our minds that it is this we seek and only this. 
We seek for innocence and nothing else. We seek for it with no concern but now. We enter in the time of practicing with one intent, to look upon the sinlessness within. So for a little while, without regard to past or future, should such blocks arise, we will transcend them with instructions to our minds to change their focus as we say, it is not this that I would look upon. I trust my brothers who are one with me. And we will also use these thoughts to keep us safe throughout the day. Nor do we ask for fantasies, for what we see to look upon is really there. The world which once proclaimed our sins becomes the proof that we are sinless. And our love for everyone we look upon attests to our remembrance of the holy self which knows no sin and never could conceive of anything without its sinlessness. We seek for this remembrance as we turn our minds to practicing today. We look neither ahead nor backwards. We look straight into the present and we give our trust to the experience we ask for now. Our sinlessness is but the will of God. The in, this instant is our willing one with his. We'll do a five-minute practice on Lesson 181, I Trust My Brothers Who Are One With Me.
Trusting your brothers is essential to establishing and holding up your faith in your ability to transcend doubt and lack of sure conviction in yourself. Lesson 181, I trust my brothers who are one with me. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Oh, thank you, Fran. Beautiful as always. Yes, thank you for your... Thank you. I love this first line when he says, what I just read, trusting your brothers is essential. He doesn't say, oh, it's a good idea, or, oh, okay, do it if you want to. He's telling us that it's essential. It's important to establishing and holding up our faith and our ability to transcend doubt and lack of sure conviction. Wow. I love it. I'm complete. I agree. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. And I was taken by the yourself at the end of that sentence by um, putting the capital self in there. Because I doubt and my doubt and lack is doubting my true self. If I'm sure and without doubt, I would know myself, my capital self. So this trusting, trusting is essential to me at being established and holding up my faith in, in, my, in my own conviction of who I am. So the I, who is the I that's trusting everyone? It's not Judy. <laughs> it's not Judy that needs to trust everybody. It's the I am Christ, the Son of God in me that trusts and has conviction without a doubt absolute certainty and surety and um, that experiences the peace and the freedom and um, who sees perfect innocence sees the perfect creation of the one son as itself this is um, really great Um, I've had difficulty with this one in the past, and it's becoming um, more luminous to me. (laughs) I am complete. Oh, thanks for that. Thank Thank you, you. Judy. Oh, thank Thank you, you, Judy. Thanks, Judy. Hi, this is Aga. Good morning. Um... In the first call this morning when we did this lesson, um, I spoke up afterwards and I gave a concrete example of how people have helped me in various dimensions, various levels, physically, mentally, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, when I trusted them, what was coming forth from them, right? The essence, the feelings, the thoughts, the ideas, and that was great. And everybody liked that. And then Rhett, my wonderful friend Rhett, shared, and he said his examples were not concrete. He trusted people in a way, like Jude was saying, from his Christ self. I didn't quite get what he was saying, but that was another level 
that he trusted people from beyond what they could do for him um, in the in the illusionary world. That's what he said, and so I just wanted to share that. Um, there's different ways of of seeing that lesson. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Lovely. Thank you. Good morning, it's Karen. Um, I'm just going to piggyback on what Ida was just sharing. When I did this um, earlier, I thought this specific person who has this really rough behavior and is perfect, you know, in my personal life and, you know, cannot associate my feelings for him with his behavior and what's going on yesterday, the past, or what might happen in the future, but try to step in the holy instant with him and see him in truth. And um, what were, what was being shared, what Ida was referring to, was that from a, um absolute reality standpoint, Everyone is participating with us in purify, getting purified, that we're in this dance together and we're all brothers helping each other. And we're all Christ selves, innocent, you know, acting out the divine curriculum. Um, so it's really a, a way of stepping into absolute reality. And, and even though this behavior is happening, you know, sort of having the sense, well, this is just Maya, let's laugh this off and realize we're, we're really helping each other to become more evolved. Anyway, the point is that there's so many levels of this particular lesson. It's so deep because then someone else was sharing about feeling safe and trusting your brother. And that's where I went just now. It's like um, I was raised in a very unsafe household, you know, the world was very unsafe. And all I was doing was being hypervigilant to, to try to protect myself, you know, protect myself from the, the violence in my household, to protect myself from being bullied at school. You know, my brothers were anything but something I could trust. My brothers, meaning my peers, or my family, or anything, you know, the world was completely not safe. So I don't even think about it, but my ego mind is always scanning for other people's um, mistakes, you know, what they're doing wrong. It's always scanning for, uh, you know, putting a wall up between my ego self and the world, you know, the special hate relationship. You know, I'm looking for a fortress and I don't even have anybody in a special relationship to put inside my my uh, hate, you know, fortress. <laughs> but, but this is such a different thing. It's like stepping into the truth that God is love and therefore so am I. The world is safe. It said in the paragraph yesterday, it said, um, God is totally loving. Reality is totally safe. Totally safe. You know, can I step into the truth 
and let go of all my past learning. And in order to release the blocks, which this is what it's telling us to go back, we have to release the blocks. We have to recognize them. We have to recognize that the ego mind has been conditioned and trained, in my case, to always be in defense mode, always be hypervigilant of what's going to hurt me, what, what I cannot trust, what could happen, you know, survivor mentality. Um, in that, and, and always looking for what's wrong with other people, you know, projecting guilt, but also just, you know, justifying the fortress, the hate fortress. All of this has to go. All of this is insane. The fantasies, the illusions, forgiveness of illusions, the title of the chapter, all of this has to go because it's blocking the reality of reality is completely loving and harmless and safe and complete. Oh, that was just beautiful, Karen. Just beautiful. Yes, and I want to add that I've subtitled this section in my book, Insanity Exposed. Um, you touched it just perfectly. Thank you. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I have to say, no wonder, um, no wonder there's so many movies out there in movie land and the theaters and stuff that are action films where there's a good guy trying to chase a bad guy or the bad guy trying to chase the good guy and, and hunt him down and do bad things to him so he'll, he'll get, you know, because he kept the, the jewel away from him or, or the special the special cyborg or the special um, computer ship or whatever, like a mission possible. I was trying to... Because that, there's so many movies like that because that's the natural expression of the ego. And those movies are expressions of the ego. <laughs> that's all they are. It's <laughs> complete. Right? It's I'm like, so you know, yeah, like Karen was saying, and she was raised that the, the earth was a dangerous place, her family was a dangerous place. And so was I. So were. I have a lot of people, I believe. Uh, it's just a natural expression of the ego. Thanks again. Thank you, Ida. It's so clear. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. I want to say Ida. movies are made to be projected on a screen in a darkened room. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was great. <laughs> Good point. Yes, it is. You know, it reminded me of something I when you was you were sharing in today's lesson. And a long time ago, I was I was still working, and um, and I uh, I had a new boss, and he had quite a reputation for being difficult to work with. And I can remember that morning when I went into work, I was I was praying to Jesus, you know, to help me perceived the Christ in him. And um, and what happened, he gave me the, most, the simplest message, but, it, you know, it, the truth is, is usually simple, but 
profound, and he and he said, um, in fact, I shared it this morning um, on Facebook. He said, ego teaches you that you must know a brother in order to love him. Spirit teaches that I must love a brother in order to truly know him. So, like anything else, ego has everything backwards and upside down. If I accept that truth is true and just go with that make the decision I'm going to love this brother and then just see what shows up rather than predetermining or creating a mental image of them uh, based on hearsay <laughs> evidence you know that the, if I believe that the, they'll show up that way you know I remember when I first moved in here, you know, uh, it appeared that my roommate was going to be quite a challenge, and I shared that with you guys uh, several times. Where you know he's like Archie Bunker, you know, but I just decided I'm going to love this guy and see what shows up, and 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 we have a great relationship now, you know, and it only came through my decision to give him permission to be who he was and not to um, put any, and not who I think he should be. And that disarmed me. That was helpful for me because I didn't come from a judgmental mode about him. And I just thought, well, you know, Earl's just being Earl. He does Earl perfectly. (laughs) And it doesn't have anything to do with me. And as long as I keep my references um, to love to truly know instead of getting to know in order to love, um, it it seems easy. It seems um, that God just lays it out before me. So anyway, Ida, you brought that to mind, so I thought I'd share it. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Beautiful example. Thank you, Mona. I love yeah, it. Thank you. I love that was a great story, and even greater because it was true. And uh, I like to see things in terms of level. That is an illusion, like time and space. But it works for my, you know, temporal mind, right? Um, so, um, in my evolution, I, in the past, I saw people a lot of times as the worst they thought of themselves. My intuition picked up on that and mirrored that. And that's how I saw them. And that's how they saw me. They saw me that way too. And it hurt. And there was a lot of pain there for all of us. But um, I'm evolving past that point, which is really another way of saying what Nana was just talking about, where... I want to see, I want to see the good in them. Um, and I'm coming from a place of loving myself more. So I'm seeing the good in myself and I'm projecting that onto them and see, and that's there in them anyway. I want to see the good in them. And so I see that much, much more often. And people see the good in me much, much more often now. And now it makes me a lot happier to be around people 
instead of being a painful experience like in the past. Uh, you know, it's a 180-degree turn. Uh, thank you, um, my <laughs> geometry teacher from, from junior high or whatever. Gee, I'm a tree. Geometry who um, has taught us that we should trapezoid. Trapezoid, get it? Um, <laughs> don't remember Richard Diabro. Yeah, he was, he was so he was so cute in that way. Anyway, um, yeah, I uh, I see things better. I see. I hear more of the horrible things in the world now than I used to hear and used to know on that level. Much, much more. However. I can hear it now because I focus on the good that is within, even who seems to be the very, very worst of the beings or people on this planet. I see, I can see sometimes their innocence, their inner child screaming for help, being in such pain that the only way they can express that is to give pain to other to other real children, you know, and, and things like that. And thank God I can, you know, forgive, because if I couldn't forgive everything I've heard in this world, I'd be gone, because I had a heart attack from all the anger and resentment and die. So I'd be gone from this world. So thank God I can forgive. And, uh, and that's an extreme example. But I can see the good in people, and, and so people are showing it to me uh, much more, and they're showing me the good in myself, and I really appreciate that. And I thank you, God, Jesus, you guys, and the Holy Spirit, last but not least, the Holy Spirit, in helping me in this process, and thank God that's what time and space are for. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. That's what it's for. Yep. Thank you, Ida. It's it's wonderful to hear your love for a, a teacher that you probably had about 60 years ago. <laughs> Maybe not that long. You're not that old. Thank you, Ida. Hi, guys. It's Jude. I'm, I'm just really um, focusing on the, the text and the um, the contrast of what we call love in this world, um, the love-hate relationship, that there's no no um, love in this world. You know, and the Course talks about not seeking for love outside myself in the world. Um, these fundamental points um, are, are the simplicity in, in which I, I base my understanding on, that um, there's no love without the love-hate ambiguity in the world that we we don't love purely and god's love it's the only pure unconditional uh without distinction without um boundaries without limits without conditions i think i said that already <laughs> it's omnipresent and uh, um knowing everything as itself um there's no place where it's not changeless um um, you know, that that's what love is, and not to confuse the two, that what we call love in the world is, is an illusion. 
it's part of the illusion, and it's only used to offset the hate and the guilt and to hide it. And in going to these lessons, the next 20 lessons, it talks about in the introduction that, you know, our intent and goal is to see through the eyes of Christ, to see through the eyes of vision, to see the changelessness, to be aware of only the changelessness in me that sees beyond the body, beyond perception. And that is my intent and goal in, in, in the next 20 um, lessons to remove the obstacles of my um, unwillingness, you know, that my unwillingness to, to, to focus on the intent and the goal that, you know, in the lesson it says, this I would not look upon. And I, I put in there, I would not look upon the body. I, will, I want to look through vision to see the wholeness, to see my wholeness in completion. It's my wholeness in completion that I'm willingly intending to acknowledge and own and claim as my own. And this is my um, practice with the lesson today. In, a, in, 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 in um, letting go of, of the doubts and the fears and, and more judgments if they happen to come up um, because it's too easy just to go about looking at the body and, you know, and, and, and staying in that old rut. Those grooves run deep. They're training my mind, um, untraining. <laughs> I'm trying to do <laughs> that. I'm trying to let go of the past. And, um, but this, not to be afraid to look upon it, um, just to be aware of it, um, to keep it, to keep it within this, within my sight, and sight, the light of the sight, is the Christ consciousness that sees my thinking before I project it onto the world. I, as I see myself, I see the world, and that's the change of focus that I want to, to. Um, hold in my heart um, that, um, you know, not to hide the balance, the hate with love that makes love meaningless to me, that makes myself meaningless to me, that, that makes me doubt who, who I am and not have conviction in who I am, capital I am, um, my true self, um, you know, that love, love is a fact. God is a fact. I am a fact. Um, and it's changeless. And what changes, what is temporal, what appears and, uh, and, and disappears, or what doesn't go with me wherever I go? My awareness goes with me wherever I go. My knowing myself goes with me wherever I go. Um, you know, and that love, that God goes with me wherever I go. And, you know, this is this understanding that goes beyond words. Like, I don't, if I practice it enough, it's just my knowingly being awareness itself. And it's aware of everything as its capital self. And, it's, and it becomes my natural factory setting. I'm restored to my natural factory setting. But I've forgotten it, so I have to remember it again. And it's just 
um, just being committed to um, not refusing my own completion, not denying the truth about who I am, that I am one and complete, the totality of all reality, the awareness of the totality of all reality, anything beyond comprehension, beyond apprehension. It's like cannot be perceived or even conceived. It's beyond that. The magnitude of it is <laughs> huge. <laughs> and would I not go through fear to love? Oh, would I not? So joyously and so gladly. So, love calls. But hate would have me stay? Oh, God, no. Hear not the call of hate and see no fantasies. What we see as we see ourselves in bodies in this world is not the real world. I'm looking for the real world today, and my completion lies in truth, and the truth is inside of me. It's not found outside of me. In special love relationships or special hate relationships, and they're just flip sides of the same coin. It's all illusion, and it's a mirage. It's a dream. It's a dream of judgment. Wanting to be something goes into that in the text somewhere, too. Turn away with me firmly from all illusions now, and let nothing stand in the way of truth. That word foolish again, Karen. <laughs> Let's not go away from truth. We go straight to God. Enjoy is the answer to his call for his completion. I will not de- deny that I complete God himself today. And what a joyous thought it is. This long reading today, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for reading for me and with me today. I love you all. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Judy. Judy. Thank you, Jude. That was wonderful. I was just thinking about that. Before you said it, that as a result of my feelings of not loving myself, I looked for and sought out men to be with as a partner who I saw as so flawed, so hurt, so, you know, so hurt in in some way. Even my last partner here was with for basically three years, a long time in, in considering, you know, comparing with the past, and um, was so hurt um, by the war she was in in Vietnam, Cambodia, and Panama, and the things that uh, they had him do, and the NSA, when he was in the NSA, National Security Agency, and he they had him do illegal and immoral things. And finally, his mind temporarily broke down from the stress of having to do secret things like that for, the, for his agency. And he had to leave the army, uh, you know. And that was his past, and his past growing up in, in a military family. A lot of things happened as well that were very rough, including moving all the time when he was a kid and all this stuff. So, 
I sought to be a healer, but sometimes I wanted it as, as a special love relationship, like Judy said, or a special hate relationship. It seemed to be love, but I always saw the flaws in the other person. I always uh, had a problem with them, even though I loved them and I wanted to be with them at the same time. Exactly what is a special love relationship according to the course. I'm very familiar with that because that's what I used to do quite a bit. That was when I had a crush, quote-unquote, on someone. That's basically what it was. I wanted a special love relationship with them, which really wasn't love, real love at all. Thank God I'm over that and I'm over the feeling that I have to have a relationship with a man or a woman of any kind, like a close personal relationship in order to get through uh, and get by the rest of my life, in order to be okay and to be happy. Because I've come to the conclusion after this one that, you know, I may have a soulmate or what they call a twin flame, but that person, if they exist, and I felt someone's presence, not phys- you know physically, but not they're not physically there, like they, near me or holding my arm or whatever, um, for many years on and off. But um, that that person is on another plane, that person is in heaven, that person is on another planet or somewhere other than this planet here in physical form, and that one day, you know, like the song says, one day we'll be together uh, after I ascend, after I pass on, whatever. I don't know. No books that I ever read have really given me a definitive answer on all that. So it has to come from within where I notice that I don't read the books anymore. Um, um, I trust what's coming from within much, much more than I trust anything that seems to be coming from the outside of me. And someone's well-thought, well-intentioned, intelligent, even spiritual book, you know. Um, I see A Course in Miracles as more than just a book. As I've said before, I see it as a being from which Jesus was the father and Helen was the mother, you know. So I see that as more than just a book. That's a special book to me. Not as special in terms of the course, but special in the in the good sense of what that word means. But um, I digress. I lost my train of thought. But I made my point. Um, I can let go of that. I can be quote unquote alone for the rest of my life because I don't. I know I'm not really alone. And. Uh, in my best moments, I really do know that very well and connect with other people on the way that I need to be connected. If God wants to send somebody into my life again that could be a romantic partner or a husband or, or a wife or whatever, then I appreciate that. If that's not meant to be, that's not for the best, God's not going to send that person into my life in the next 30 years or whatever. And it's the best for me to be autonomous and to, to realize what I can do, quote-unquote, by myself to help myself, to help the planet, to help my community, to help you guys, whatever, you know. 
anybody I come into contact with that, that is open to it. So anyway, thanks. Oh, I've been babbling on and on. I don't know where it all came from today, but thanks so much for putting up with me and all my babbling, and I'm complete. <laughs> Thank you, Ida. A lot of stuff there. Yeah, thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Yeah, thank you, Ida. I like the image of the book as a creation. And, uh, (laughs) you know, perhaps a... uh, the structure of the bridge in as much as it's not completely on some other side it's uh you know maybe it maybe it's just the sign <laughs> or that yellow brick road which makes it obvious but uh yeah the point of it of all that is to say it's uh only useful as it calls us across the bridge as one of the creations that's uh, calling for us. Anyway, I'm complete. Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Lamorne. Yes, thank you for your share, Ida. I was thinking thank you, that that reasoning, higher reasoning to me is, is is something that comes from God to understand what's beyond human con- conception or understanding, the peace of God that lies beyond understanding, that kind of understanding, worldly knowledge, everything that I think I know um, is to go to trust, in trust, complete trust, and complete abandon in order that truth might reveal itself to me, the truth of who God is. God is in everything. And um, to see only that um, is vision, to vision, the vision of the Christ consciousness. And that I, as a Judy, as a separate entity, partial and in part, um, cannot wholly love the part cannot love the whole because it doesn't even understand it or comprehend it. And that's why there's that ambiguity of, of, of love and hate and judgment and partial and in part. For what is one and whole cannot have separate parts. And, and what is one is, is one and the same as itself. The instrument of God sees everything as God himself. He doesn't see separate people and separate things. He sees everything as love itself. Love sees everything as itself through the instrument of the eyes of love. And, you know, that, that, that takes a, a real um, letting go of everything that I think I know in, in order for it to, to understand itself through me. It, it takes me over and it takes me away from any limited sense of self and um, undoes it all as, as illusory. And um, that's the one decision I get to make. You know, either I'm going to 
continue to attempt to see through the body's eyes and a limited mind, or I'm going to let that illusion of me go. I, I don't know what I am, and I need the truth to reveal itself to me. And that's, I think, the bridge, the, the gap between myself and in truth and thinking that I'm this limited illusion, illusion of a body in the world. It's letting the whole illusion of the body, mind, and world go all together out of my mind as being false. And what is true is true, and, and what is not the truth is false and illusory. So it's bigger than me. <laughs> I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Uh, thank you, Jared. The oneness, holiness, holiness, or one will of God, one love of God, one peace of God. That's all, Lori. Go ahead. I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, not at all. Um, yeah, I I still remember uh, clearly. The very first time I let, read this lesson, before I understood it, I felt like I am a big fat liar. I don't trust my brothers. I'm a big fat liar. And so to sit and say that uh, felt really bad to me. But that's, that's the hidden paradox inside the lesson. Um, it's, it's an expose of what I've blinded myself to, you know? Um, I've, I've blinded myself to truth and holiness by holding on to my version of what's true. And I wouldn't have known that. See, that's the thing about the lesson. I wouldn't have known that had it not been exposed for me. And so the dissonance the lesson sets up that sense of dissonance in me, pointing straight at where, whose mind is troubled? Mine. Whose mind needs correction? Mine. Whose mind needs a different thought? Mine. Whoops, excuse me. Um, and, and so trusting my brothers isn't about my brothers, it's about my mind. That's all. And... I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking to the characteristics of God's teachers. He makes a real clear point of describing the trajectory of this trust. And if, if he can make a clear outline of that trajectory, then it's um, something that I learn uh, to understand that it's okay if I don't trust today. Uh, but I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. And life is kind. Um, these lessons that come that I wouldn't have, I like to think of it as a menu, life like a menu, with many, many, many options. 
And the options that on first glance I wouldn't have chosen are the options that turn out to hold the greatest gift for me. Trust is like that. It's the option I wouldn't have chosen, but it holds the greatest gift of all. If I were to depend upon my own uh, resources to come up with trust, uh, it would be impossible because the lack of trust is what my own resources give me. You see, counting on myself to control my environment and protect myself and make everything predictable and plan ahead and, and all the things we do to control life are exactly those things that prevent me from understanding what trust is. When we, um, when we started the call, we were talking briefly before the recording started about about this whole thing of trust and its difficulty to ego mind. And I heard myself say this thing that I think is so true of all the gifts of God. They come in the back door while I'm not looking. Um, I do my part. Whatever Holy Spirit reveals to me to be my part, I ask for correction, and then I receive the gift. And trust is probably uh, more like that than any other. And, um, and it grows in my experience. So that, um, well, here, I'll tell you a perfect example. Um, I was afraid to come on this call uh, six or eight years ago. I, I knew I had to find my people because Holy Spirit told me so. I, I needed to find holy relationship in a bigger way. And I knew where to go to get it. I knew I had to find a course community. And so I Googled on the internet where to find one and fell upon the Course of Miracles Society. I live in Omaha, Nebraska. And when I saw the address of Sims as um, such and so Pacific Street, Omaha, Nebraska, I thought, thank God, Holy Spirit, you led me. And, uh, and and I didn't know what to do, so I pressed the recording button somewhere on all those links at the top of the page. There's a, a link for conference call recordings. Oh, there's a call? There's people? So I pressed the button, and I started listening. And I listened and listened and listened uh, to many days, sometimes several days a day, until after a while I, I know these people. Uh, I, I just know these people and if I were there I would say thus and such but see I was so afraid I was so afraid to trust my brothers who are one with me not because I believed anything bad but because I had uh, no trust in myself and that's that's the great gift of I trust my brothers who are one with me it's the great gift of safety and conviction and knowing what I'm about and knowing my capital self um, I take I take my uh, fear and look at it I did and I said I don't know what to do and finally one day I thought, I'll just dial that number and uh, 
it's one of the best things that ever happened to me because I'm no longer afraid and I understand what self is about and it snuck in the back door you see this gift of trust just like he describes in the manual for teachers the evolution of trust Lana likes to say I learned to trust by trusting <laughs> you know it, it um, it's, a, it's a beautiful gift it's like uh, the Holy Spirit is my own divine feminine my own divine embrace the one who takes me by the hand and tells me everything I need to know when I ask and step by step step by sure step step by step by step release by release by release over and over Holy Spirit proves to me I'm not a liar and it's just the most beautiful gift in the world to me how uh, trust comes in the back door and all I have to do is let her embrace me and show me and take me and tell me guide me and lead me comfort me and reassure me and all those things that Holy Spirit does when I let her and then I find out you know that within myself how does he say it here it's in paragraph 39 that I see the real gift you wind up with union in yourself this idea that fear needs to rule my choices it disappeared that I had to uh, suppress something hide something um, be ashamed of something that disappeared um, I find union in myself and union in myself is the strength of God you see it's not it's not my ability to forgive but the strength of God in which I trust it's not my ability to forgive but the love in God with me that enables me to love I find myself in myself and that includes all of us you know the real world uh, is the world within where everything belongs nothing's outside it's an inclusive relationship with not one single thing I would throw out um, it's all a gift all of it and paragraph 39 describes it really well to me knowledge and knowledge that elusive word um, to me is always coming to know and the, there's another place in this book where he says God beside you when I find myself complete in myself I realize the Holy Spirit is me and in the holy instant I felt that and I knew that uh, and I loved like that but taking that uh, into the world was very very difficult because of fear but step by step uh, it turns out that I experience in life that 
God is no longer beside me. God is within me along with all of creation in such a way that while I'm not looking, oh, it happened one day, while I wasn't looking, I'm driving down the road and the whole world came into my car. <laughs> and I felt a love that it was unexpressible and actually so intense it was incompatible with life like I know it. Um, that's the gift of following my teacher who gives me everything she knows and I wind up with the feeling God is no longer beside me but within me and in all and um, like I said I, it snuck in the back door while I wasn't looking but it's the gift that God wants to give me I'm complete Oh, thank you so much, Lori. Thank oh, you. Thank you, Lori. Oh, thank you, Lori. I like that snuck in through the back door. I love that, Lori. I love you, and that was a chore to force, and I'm not kidding. Thank you. Oh, bless your heart, Ida. I love you, too. Oh, you know what? There's one thing I forgot to say about this that really um, opens a door for me. I, I read it or picked it up somewhere. It's a quote from Nishigata. Uh, it, it's mind the quote was like this mind builds the abyss or mind makes the abyss that the heart longs to cross and um, and, and I'm reminded when I look at it like that of lesson 166 another word lesson with trust I am entrusted with the gifts of God and it says God's gifts are given first to be received and when I receive them I realize that they're not for me alone and the lesson itself says God's gifts speak to you about what becomes your will when you accept the touch of Christ upon your shoulder even my my will my will to withdraw my will to separate my will um, to judge all of that uh, just disappears and is replaced by God's will when I accept his gifts um, and so lesson 166 I think is a really beautiful um, place to begin with this lesson uh, because mine builds the abyss mine made that abyss my mind did that but my heart longs to cross it and that's my true will I'm complete no wonderful thank you Lori yeah. what a gift you are <laughs> Yeah. 
always choose between my weakness and the strength of Christ to me, right? <laughs> anyway, I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. Yes, you were right, Lori. Um, what you said, and I'm so glad that you did those things and did come on to the call and eventually accepted Lee's invitation to um, take over on the call along with Lemoyne and uh, you two have been great leaders for us, for me. And um, I feel like through all these sharings, we're all getting closer and closer in a spiritual way. And that's a wonderful thing to experience. I'm complete. That was a gift, Ida. Thank you. Did you stop the call? I dropped off the call. I, Did you? I have not. The recording is still going, and yeah. Okay. I've, <laughs> I've, I was going to share the point, but I didn't know whether you wanted to end the recording first because it's, you know, after eleven. So it's your choice. <laughs> I won't be too long. You won't be too long. Um, well, please go ahead then. Well, I said I've said that before, <laughs> and it hasn't turned out. So, just we know if you want to shut me up, just shut me up. I just want in the reading today. You know, I found that um, you know, in, in in readings regarding special relationships, I um, text readings. I I usually look back on. You know, I've had quite a few doozies in my life, and. Um, special relationships. So I like to review and remind myself of all the the wisdom that Jesus offers us about it. And there, the sentence in the first sentence in paragraph thirty two really grabbed my attention. Uh, well, last night when I read it, it says the special love relationship is an attempt to limit the destructive effects of hate by finding a haven in the storm of guilt. And and at first I was a little baffled, but I sat with um, Jesus and asked for some clarity. And he took me back to one relationship where I saw that's exactly what I did. You know, it's like this hidden hate that we hide so fiercely that we don't want to experience. You know, it's... um, you know, they're, they're both illusions, both hate and guilt. But as an ego, you know, and a human, I I guess I found guilt more appealing than being a hateful person. I, you know, I looked at guilt and said, well, I'll be a guilty person. and <laughs> Because at some irrational, um, irrational understanding 
of um, of what love is not. Um, I thought, well, if there's guilt there, there must have been love. Otherwise, I wouldn't give a hoot, right? You know, so about the person. So I um, I chose that instead. Both very painful, but one, but it, it truly was um, using guilt as a haven um, to limit the extract, destructive effects of the hate. And of course... As the healing continued, and of course, as the healing as the healing continues, the clarity comes in, and <clears throat> I recognized that this hate that I wanted to hide so much was self hatred. It had nothing to do with the other person, and and the choosing of a special re- relationship, um, which is not a loving true loving relationship was intended to distract me from my self-hate and go outside myself um, to find something to fill that gap that I thought I had, that that sense of separation um, that I was trying to fill. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, Through... uh, you know, through the special relationship. And it always comes back to recognizing my unity in God, you know, and, and all my brothers and my creations. They represent, they are the love that I'm searching for. You know, it's like that country, yeah. all, I'm searching for love in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. So you know, as I look within and as I recognize that, with Holy Spirit, you know, I can release that guilt and recognize that both the guilt and and the hate are both illusions. And I can cross over that bridge um, into reality and see my union because with everyone, with God and everyone, because that's that's where my wholeness is, and that's where no gaps are are there to fill. Um, so anyhow, you know, that was kind of a part of the reading that really struck home for me, and I wanted to share it. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Lana. Yes, That's thank great. you. I was, I'm so I was, glad you shared that. I was going in the same direction that you know, expecting perfect love from imperfect expressions, incomplete, partial expressions of God, just is an impossibility. And and, and wanting a human being to be perfect, the perfect love of God, is is where the, um, you know, the the conflict lies. Because we're asking and demanding um, a part to be the whole that, accepting the atonement that perfect the perfect love of God is within me that I I'm already complete and and healed and whole I was created perfectly with perfect love within me that I never needed to seek it outside of myself and that only the the Im, imperfect partial person would feel the lack of it and want to seek it outside of itself that God's completion 
by giving himself to me, completion and his perfect love within me is what makes me have no needs or no wants or no desires and makes me complete. That is what the accepting the atonement means to me. And that um, comes from, you know, that, that understanding that you express, Lori, about the trust and, and where that for, true forgiveness comes, that, um, that kind of understanding that's the highest of reasoning, comprehensible, that, you know, that there's nothing to forgive because this, what we think of as, as reality is, is just... Um, a travesty, and it is reality as God created us to be. That in that lesson today, this that I would not look, this is not what I would look upon. I would not look upon the body. I would want only to see with vision that we're purely mind, one mind, and spirits. We're all spirits. Everything is spirit in the mind of God. One soul, one spirit, one mind, one will one perfect love, one perfect peace. And that's that, the end. Thank you, Judy. That was perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Yeah. Thanks, Jude. I'm going way over today, and that's fine. I know that something has been trying to come into my awareness that, you know, after you get through the obvious sort of layer where it says here, our only task is, what is it there? Your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all of the barriers within yourself which you have built against it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this ties to what other people have just mentioned, the, the attempt to limit the destructive effects of hate by finding a haven in the storm of guilt. And this reduces the action of love to that of a symbol and uh, tries to bring it to the storm of guilt and and make it real there, which is, is the reading is very clear that that doesn't work. Because it's still within this dilemma that we we create that that's still within this idea of a conflict between love and fear. <clears throat> and so that attempt to escape from one illusion into another must fail. And uh, yeah, the uh, I think the solution to the dilemma. I can find this here. Is to recognize it doesn't really exist. That it's it's all illusion on that level. Where. Uh, we seek symbols and form to relieve the hate. 
when the reality exists um, everywhere, but, you know, where it needs to be found is within. And that this distraction off into performing certain things or getting certain things and then to quell the hate is to be distracted into a battle of symbols that doesn't actually contain <clears throat> any resolution because they're all illusion. Although some might try to represent what is. Um, anyway, I'm kind of going sideways. But the two, the instruction here is to recognize barrier within ourselves that we've built against love. And I, I've realized recently that one of the biggest barriers I have is trying to do the right thing, but in some battle with fear rather than simply as an expression of what is. And that that, you know, any failure leads to despair and any success will just be tipped over again. And so, just like it says, this will only lead to despair. Um, and I have lost... But, I, okay, I've belabored that point enough. But there is something I would like to read to you from A Course of Love, because I think this is this is the same the same kind of choice in, is posed in a different way. <clears throat> and why we seem to be stuck to it, to this battle of symbols. And uh, so this is from uh, Course of Love. Let me get the chapter. The chapter, <laughs> aptly enough, is called The Special Self. <laughs> and... So towards the end, he, he says, your concept of loyalty is what makes it difficult for you to entertaining, to entertain withdrawing your effort to manifest the specialness of others and yourself. Making special seems to be a responsibility you have undertaken and a refusal to make special an act of disloyalty. What's more, when all is said and done, you are loyal not only to your group, but to humanity itself. Despite the many ills that have made you and those you love suffer, to call into question humanity's right to specialness seems the ultimate act of disloyalty to your own kind. To even think that you could change and be unlike others of your kind, you would call an act of treachery. To give your allegiance to your Heavenly Father and to the learning goals of this course has set out is but an act of treason upon the world as you know it. And so it is. And so must your faith and loyalty be placed in something new, something worthy of your diligence, and something that will not leave behind your brothers and sisters to a life of suffering and of sin. All suffering and sin comes from specialness, and so it is but specialness you must leave behind, 
and there is a way to do so, a way that will not harm any of those you love, even while betraying all they would hold dear. But which would you rather betray, the truth or illusion? You cannot be loyal to both, and herein lies your problem, the dilemma that the text speaks up. For at the turning point, you look back and see one other you cannot betray and one other whose special treatment of yourself you cannot live without or abandon hope of receiving. And for me, it's sort of the inverse, but it's the same. At the turning point, I look back and see that a world that I've built that I can't let go and, and see the need for special treatment in a world that is just seems to do damage. And so, in not letting go, I choose illusion over truth and betray all that I am and the hope that my brother has placed in me as savior of the world. <clears throat> and so, this is the last paragraph. You who still fantasize that you can have it both ways, give up your fantasy and realize the real choice lies before you. No, this is not an easy choice, or it would have been chosen long ago and saved much suffering and put an end to hell. But it also is not a difficult choice, nor one that is in truth yours alone to make. This choice cannot be made without your brother, and is indeed your brother's holy choice, as well as his birthright and your own. You need be open. You, need, you only need be open to the place that no specialness can enter. You know, plant that foot firmly on the bridge and bid your brother choose for you. For in his choice, you may join with him and with your father. In this one choice lies one united will for glory that knows neither specialness nor separation. In this choice lies life eternal. Boy, that was beautiful, Lamorne. I'm glad you read that. Thank you so much, Lamorne. That was just perfect. You know, Lamorne, you you um, brought out that um, signs and symbols, and, you know, that's one of my favorite um, um, holds on what truth is trying to teach me about reality, that um, signs and symbols, words, um, images, thoughts, um, are all parts and fragments, and um, to go beyond words and signs and symbols, and when I was reading the text this morning before the calls, um, it, it talks about that signs and symbols, and I was thinking about that the, the body is a sign, a symbol of the separation, and how not um, seeing my brother, you know, and, and carrying that idea thought forward to ap- applying the lesson today that I don't trust the image of my brother as a body. I trust the spirit in him. And, um, you know, that that what I can't see, I trust. 
that um, which I know is his reality as well as mine, that he's spirit in the mind of God in his wholeness and completion, and that everything is 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 an idea in the mind of God, and um, it's just a completely different kind of perspective, uh, point of view from which I I, I view or um, visualize the world and myself included in it, that this Judy is just another sign and symbol within it, and that it has the same significance as a tree or a bird or, or um, the ocean or a cloud. You know, it's just another idea, but they're all irreplaceable ideas in the mind of God, and the, um, the totality of this creation is what makes it so... Um, magnificent and so wonderful and um, such a mystery and um, wonderful I'll say again and with that I am complete but signs and symbols being twice removed from reality that reality is purely light um, formless boundless changeless constant and consistent throughout all of it however it appears seems to be or is expressed. Amen. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, Judy. There is Thanks, no veil. Judy. The love of God and us together cannot lift. The way to truth is open. And uh, I'm going to end this recording here. <laughs> Thank you Amen. all. Amen.